0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclid 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. How's it doing? Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the Nick Wilson Show. Sounds like a typical bastard. So we got wine
1: in nick wilson's mind
0: my mind is a raging torrent flooded with
1: rivulets of thought you're about to find out look who knows so much nick wilson is on now Radio 927 FNC. It is the Nick Wilson show. Uh, we are two hours down. If you missed any of today's show, WFNC.com. The goodbye tour continues on the Nick Wilson show. Tomorrow's shaping up to be a big and hacksaw, who of course is going to give us the final Nick Wilson show hack song ever in Charlotte. Sports talk history. He's also going to be joining us in studio. Itty Bitty Fitty is going to be here. And we got a lot to get to in this hour, including the five questions. We also have Melo Miller coming up in 60 minutes of uh Mic'd Up Podcast, So, Itty Bitty Fitty, I got to say, your arc on Sports Radio 927 FNZ is really interesting because when you came in, there was a lot of talk about who is this jabroni. And in some of it was you are a bit of a hot take uh, artist. Uh, some of it is, um, you know, I I, I bust your, your chops a little bit and it took a little bit for us both to get comfortable with each other. But over the last like three or four months, you've really started to ingratiate yourself to the Charlotte audience. But I find now that I'm getting ready to go. I feel like you might be going back into Choch territory. During the break, all you were doing uh, – I, I said my goodbyes to Frank who was in here uh, as he was popped in to do his Ph.D. recording. So I was saying goodbyes, and the whole time I'm just seeing you, whether it's KC uh, Steve on the Garage Door Guru text line. I see you just biffing with people on social media. Are you okay? Are you in an emotionally healthy place right now? I'm fine. I don't know. People came after itty-bitty-fitty? The last two days. And not to me, okay. And I don't even think specifically on the air. You've had a little bit of low tea the last two days on the air. Not necessarily bringing the energy and fire we're used to. And now you're starting to take it out on the text line. Do you need to talk? Do we need to get something out? Do we need the hog father in here? Maybe a little bit of a uh, little bit of on air therapy to help you feel better. No, I mean, look, it has been a
0: uh, it's been a long week. Uh huh. Um, been staying up a little bit too late at the house.
1: That's tough. That's this, really tough.
0: This morning, I uh, my, my my phone case on my phone broke. Wow. Um, and, yeah. and, and it led me to text the X about a warranty to get it replaced. Yeah. Can, can't get it replaced.
1: And that's tough.
0: And so now you know, I got to spend 60 bucks to get it
1: replaced. So man, let's, let's just uh, all those hungry kids, uh, you know, overseas, just tell them to step aside for a moment. <laughs> um, you know, all the real problems in America, just tell any, if you've got a complaint, we're going to need you to move to the side, the inequality in America. We need to move to the side here. If, uh, if you know you've got a loved one that's uh, terminally ill, we're going to need you to move to the th- side for a second because Itty Bitty Fitty's phone cracked cased. <laughs> and we're re- all the T's and P's now need to be funneled directly at uh, Itty Bitty Fitty because he's just having a tough one. I mean, he's losing Big Daddy, yeah. and and his phone case is cracked. Uh, I think you move atop the world rankings of biggest legitimate gripes on the way. Thank you.
0: I uh, I listen to a lot of the Mac Attack in the morning, on the way into work. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of irrational claims uh-huh. or complaints, uh-huh. and I just wanted to join the family.
1: So so now, where I'm trying to heal. I'm trying to heal the wound. Right, we're trying to cauterize the wound right now. So your solution is we're trying to cauterize whatever wound is causing you to be a little bit salty with the good people on the garage door Guru tax line. With maybe being a little bit uh, disconnected at work here. Your solution <laughs> is to now involve the Mac attack and try and start feuding with them. Well, you are, I mean, you are a wounded tiger biting anyone that comes near you right now.
0: They did try to
1: rename me on the air without the permission. And Big Daddy handled that accordingly yesterday. You, you know, don't need to fight that war because so, I've already, you know, I've already, I've already gone to the, uh, gone to the well on that one. What better way to go out for you? Than with 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 warring with other people. No, no. See, that's I'm in a, such a great spot right now. I don't have a lot of malice in my heart. Like usually, if you had pulled this like uh, two weeks ago, I'd be really annoyed, super duper annoyed, and I would be I would be very I would, I would be really needling you right now, really getting under your skin right now. But I'm not. I'm feeling pretty good. I don't wanna go out. I, I said goodbye to Chris McClain yesterday. Tomorrow, nine forty five, I'm gonna hop in on uh the Mac attack with T Bone and Willie P to say goodbye to 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 that part of the audience and to, to those guys. So like I'm in goodbye mode. Right? There's very few things right now. Let's be honest. My day right my day today is gonna be pretty insane. I've got to say goodbye to the good people at PhD today for my final in-person weekly weigh-in. I've got to clear out a storage unit. I've we got to- have to clear out a storage unit. Oh, is this a problem? Is this a problem? You're mad. You got to help. Da- you got to help oh, Dad unlock the uh, or unload the uh, storage unit. Not mad because you
0: offered or you asked, and I and I agreed. But whenever you talk about it, it's a I would like really it's a we thing. Well, you have to realize that after the first
1: load. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be huffing and puffing. Yeah. Is that different from normal? (laughs) Stanford P saying uh, he's losing you. He's lashing out because he doesn't know how to handle the loss. Are you maybe a little bit is, is the uncertainty of next week and beyond? Is it, may, is it maybe starting to get to you a little bit?
0: I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and deny that I'm a little nervous. Uh-huh. I know who I'm working
1: with, and that's William Eugene Throatcoat Palachic. Going going short, you know, going uh, in the, on the interim basis, right? Right. We, we, they, we don't know long-term who's going to be filling the time slot. Want to make sure we say that. Don't want to put anybody in a bad situation there.
0: But, you know, I mean, there's just some uncertainty. We, we finally have this great chemistry, the bromance, as you now openly refer to it. It it's meant a lot. Um, as KC Steve was wanting to know that I was uh, wanting your approval while we were feuding during mm-hmm, the break, mm-hmm. and now you know you're going off to Cleveland, and I'm I'm super proud of you. Um, but I've heard you talk a lot about Cleveland,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and never so, once. So um, now
1: you're jealous of Cleveland? Oh no,
0: I haven't been thankful for my role in getting you back to Cleveland. <laughs> it was kind of like 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 when LeBron went home in '14. Mm-hmm. He had to think Dwayne Wade, he had to ask Dwayne Wade if that was okay. Uh-huh. You know, you should have asked me because, mm-hmm. you know, you're LeBron and yeah. I'm Dwayne Wade, which means I've carried you for nine months. Yeah,
1: people know that. If it's okay to go home. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't hacksaw be? You'd be more like Shane Battier. Right? No, no, hacksaw's only, Chris Bosh. Okay. Well, well, yeah, but hacksaw's been here for the whole time. You've just been here recently. So who was one of the slappies off the bench for that that last Miami team that lost the NBA Finals that catapulted LeBron back to Cleveland? Norris Cole. Yeah, you're you are the Norris Cole. Was 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 Smoochy Norris on that? Was Smush Parker on that uh, Miami Heat team? That's listen. LeBron couldn't have gone home to Cleveland if the bench in Miami didn't let him down, and I think I think that makes a lot of sense. You are one of the ancillary uh, pieces. Um, DJ Kahoot saying I'm no longer heartbroken because I'm actually going to start <laughs> listening uh, to Cleveland at uh, at 2 p.m. starting next week. Uh, anyway, got to make sure KB's going to be holding down the 2 p.m. slot here. I uh, listen. The confluence of events that have happened, that have led, ooh, Thick Doink, coming in strong. And Thick Doink, if you don't know, Willie P. shouted your name in ecstasy this morning. Make sure to listen to that on WFNC.com on the Mac Attack podcast. Willie P. shouting anybody's name in ecstasy is always wonderful. But uh, Thick Doink saying that you're Mario Chalmers. Is that oh, oh, that cuts really deep. Mario Chalmers was a better NBA player than Norris
0: Cole was. He also kicked my Tar Heels' his ass in the 08 Final Four before he went on to become a clutch
1: NBA final so player. He's a, so he's a winner. Well, I'm a winner too. It, yes. So you're
0: Mario Chalmers, but like I'd much rather have like a much better comparison than Mario Chalmers. Like that's that one's a little personal.
1: Well, okay. I mean, like it's, it's not fair. Like I mean, you know, KB could be D Wade or Chris Bosh. I mean, I mean, the, the I, Mac attack could be Chris Wade or D Bosh or D Bosh, uh, Chris Bosch or D Wade or you know, A or Ray Allen. Like those guys. Yeah, you know, they've been here. You flounder. Well, you know, Smoke could be. One of the starters on the Miami Heat because he's been here since day one. You know, you're you're a you're a helper, all right. You've Whoa. been helping out here. Whoa, but but you're relatively new to this super team, is what I'm saying. So it wouldn't be fair. There
0: was no super team before IBF joined the joined the team. It was just a team.
1: Uh-huh. So uh huh. So you added the super to super team at Sports yeah. Radio 92.7 FNZ. Yeah. And how did you do that?
0: There's a lot of things I could say during the hiring. How'd you, how'd you do it?
1: <laughs> how'd you make that? How'd you take this team from a team to a super team? Let you know, us know. Was, let, the, let the good people listening. It
0: was just you know when I got hired. Uh, super edition was how I was referred to to uh-huh. the team. Who, who said that? Our former, our former boss, mm-hmm. which therefore super edition <laughs> to the team. Super at the beginning, team at the end. Super team just took out the middleman.
1: Stanford P saying right now he's acting like Grayson Allen. (laughs) Uh, Also, a 704 number saying bone is Luke Walton from the Lakers. Let's do that right quick. Let's go with our NBA comparisons because I also saw somebody saying, uh, I can't remember who had it. Was it also the 704 number? Was it Stanford P calling uh, Mac Udonis Haslam? No, wouldn't that be smoke? Why?
0: Because, like, Udonis him is, like, this old, wise veteran. hmm And, like, Smoke is Smoke is known in these halls as the guy who As knows, an old,
1: wise veteran, as the youngest the, the, person the, the that works in the station. The guy knows the
0: most about nothing and everything simultaneously. Like, he knows things that nobody else knows.
1: Yeah, maybe. I mean, but the problem is, Smoke isn't the last guy off the bench. No, he's not. Right? Like, he's, he's. Okay, if we're talking about uh, Udonis Haslam, who who gets a lot of money to sit on sit at, at both ass cheeks on the bench right now, 19 years into his career, that's not smoke. Smoke's in the action. Smoke is Udonis Haslam in his heyday when he was a contributing player to championship teams, uh, whether it was as the fifth starter or the first man off the bench. That's that's the Udinese Haslam. Then in that case, I will go to. Uh, then <laughs> yeah. that place I'll go to the smoke issue, Donis Haslam. Uh, Glenn saying Nick is LeBron's hair not coming back. <laughs> so in that case, Nick Wilson is Nick Wilson's hair receding and not coming back. Three uh, uh, three six number saying Mac is absolutely Patrick Beverly. Okay. Um, I mean, but is Pat Bev a starter on a championship team? Because Chris McLean is. That's my only problem there. I like to think of Mac as like a, who's an unheralded superstar who's just been doing it forever, just been plugging away. He's like Gordon Hayward. All right. You look at Mac and you're like, "Mm, there's some, you know, there's some dents in this one, right? He's got the belly button, a little bit goofy, but he's just an under misunderstood, highly paid superstar. That's worth every penny. That's Mac is Gordon Hayward, the best of Gordon Hayward, not the worst of Gordon Hayward. Well, throw him out there. Ooh, uh, Wendy's nephew saying Flounder is the ten-day contract guy. Hey man, leave, leave my leave my man's alone, okay? It it was the tech, it was Wendy's nephew that said I it. I don't know what you say worse things about that than Flounder than than the ten-day contract but guy. But as
0: we talked about in bro code, like so, part of bro code is that your bro can take the shots.
1: Chubbin and Tub, I think, hits a nail on the head here. Maybe itty bitty fitty is like James Jones, not great but does one thing really, really well. What's that one thing? I do a combination of many things well. Uh, Ooh, 704, name Mac is Big Shot Bob, Robert Ori. I I don't hate that. So uh, compare your favorite FNZ personality to an NBA player when we come back. We're going to change. We and Adam Silver are going to change the NBA on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. It's Radio 927 FNZ. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. The five questions coming up in about 20 minutes. If you'd like a preview, follow me at Nick Wilson Says on Instagram, and they are in my Instagram stories. I release them there first. Uh, they will also be unlocked at WFNZ. They'll be tweeted out in about 10 minutes here as we get you ready for the five questions, the five burning questions I have today. And we got a good crop today. Yesterday, I wasn't as confident. Two days ago, was the least confident I've been. Today's I'm pretty confident we got some really good uh, questions to ask you guys. We were just asking you guys about um, for our NBA comps here at the station. And Chubbin' a Tub had said, Mac is like Al Horford, which I love. Because that makes T-Bone Anna Horford, who's been one of the greatest tweeters and entertainers. We've had an NBA Twitter. So, and then by the way, I do not mean that in any way, in insult. Anna Horford is a goat on social media, and T Bone is a goat as well. Uh, Wolfback James saying uh, Nick would be uh would be Jimmy Butler, very good and not afraid of confrontation. IBF and Flounder are the Plumley brothers, basically useless. And seven oh four number saying uh this is actually Coach Small saying uh, Willie P is like Matthew Dellavedova; just appears out of nowhere and comes out shooting the lights out. You look at Matthew Dellavedova and you're like, "Oh, he's not going to do anything." And then before you know it, Matthew Dellavedova is all over you, and uh, and yes, that is per- that is precisely Willie P, who's all over the station at any given point, just shooting his shots. So continue that going in. But earlier on the show, we asked, you know, based off a conversation we had with Bill Ryder yesterday, we talked about. The NBA's biggest problem right now, because Bill, when he was with us yesterday on the Nick Wilson show, you're going to listen to the full interview and podcast on WFNC.com. Bill said, in his opinion, what's going on with Kevin Durant, where Kevin Durant just signed a long-term contract extension in Brooklyn. And now a year later, six months later is, is demanding a trade and forcing his way out of Brooklyn. That's the NBA's biggest problem. And the reality is, I think he's right, that in true parity, there might be six or seven teams that can win the NBA uh, in the NBA title. I think they've done a good job of adding more teams to the phrase. Like right now, uh, once upon a time, you maybe had, if there are 16 playoff teams, maybe there were 18 or 19 teams that legitimately could be a playoff team. Now, because of the play-in tournament, We're seeing as many as 22, 23, 24 teams that are in range of the 10th spot, the final playing spot in the NBA. That has added some parity to the league. But I look at the NBA and the NFL as the only two leagues that I can look at and say, from a game standpoint, from a full season standpoint, they're about – right now we're tweaking to make – The league better. We don't have to make wholesale changes like baseball, like the NHL, like golf and the PGA and all the stuff they're going through. Which brings us to Adam Silver's mission in life, which seems to be adding a in-season tournament. Adam Silver is a huge golf fan. Golf fan, a huge uh, European soccer fan. He's been uh, really in love with the idea of making an in-season tournament a thing in the NBA, I, I think it's going to happen. I don't think it's a matter of will it happen. I think it's when and how does it happen. So yesterday when we had Bill Ryder on of CBS Sports Radio Network, I asked him about how do you make it work, and here was part of his answer.
0: This is an Adam Silver passion project that he is, I don't even think it's want to. I think he will get it done. I think it will happen because it's what he wants to. And I think he will seed whatever is required to get it approved in a CBA and to not to have it approved by the players and by the owners, but to have it somewhat embraced.
1: Everybody that I've talked to, and I was on my, uh, my once in future station yesterday on 92, three, the fan in Cleveland. And I was with uh, Chico and Brendan Gulick who were filling in and they were talking about the NBA uh, in season tournament. And they kept talking about incentivizing the players And which is interesting, right? Like a huge, a huge way to, to reinvent the all-star game has been incentivizing players with increased compensation, uh, in things like, uh, you know, allowing players to be the GM of a team. Uh, you know, LeBron has traditionally been one of the GMs and they've had Giannis and a few, you know, KD has been the GM. That's a way to incentivize players. But the real way that they reinvented the All-Star game was when they brought the Elam ending to the game. And why was it the real way? Pretty simple. Because it found a way to make the game interesting for fans again. Where instead of just some sort of celebrity showcase with these boring, bland interviews and no stretches of time, it found a way to break up a traditional basketball game with new rules that are unique to the all-star game in and of themselves in the NBA and made the product a hell of a lot more watchable, made, made the games closer. You do have to get the players to buy in. But I think the thing that people have missed, every single thing, like if I'm an NBA fan, do I give a single solitary crap that LeBron and every player on the LA Lakers will get an extra million dollars each if they win the tournament? No. By the way, I, I would venture to say most players, while they would love the extra dough, a million extra dollars, I don't know it's going to be as much. Of, for, for the 12th guy on the bench, you're damn right. That's life-changing money for a guy who might have a short window of a career in the NBA. The 15th guy on the NBA, you're damn right. Udonis Haslam, that's basically his payday every single year to sit on the bench. Another million dollars. But to LeBron, LeBron's already made $400 million in his career. To, to Kevin Durant Kevin Durant by the end of this next contract will have made like 500 million dollars one million dollars is going to get them into the in-season tournament I think you got to start I think you I, I think you can find a way to get the players if you come up with the right incentive on the in-season tournament I think there's going to be a natural buy-in for, from the players if it's the right way of doing it which we can get into. And I'll just ask you guys, are you a fan of the in-season tournament idea from the NBA? Because I've really kind of become obsessed with it over the last couple months. Mostly because I think I found a way to make it equally entertaining and engaging for fans and players. And Shams Charania has sent out a couple of the... Uh, A couple of details on this, uh, it was two days ago, saying the NBA Board of Governors today discussed in-season tournament concept of all 30 teams competing and then eight teams entering a single elimination round to determine the winner with a Final Four at a neutral site. I really love that idea. I'd love to see if we could actually get a double elimination. I don't necessarily even, of the single elimination, I, I don't think there's enough chaos. I want it to be like the NBA's answer to the NCAA tournament. I think double elimination would be a hell of a lot of fun. And then I think the idea of whatever the standings are a few weeks out, being able to, you know, one team being able to host, uh, you know, a pocket of teams, a pod of teams. And from that comes a winner. And then, uh, you know, each, let's say each of the top four seeds hosts a pod of teams in each conference. And then each pod advances, and then from that advances, and then you've got your champion. But I also think, I think there has to be something on the line. I think there has to be something tangible. If you want the players and the, the fans in line, make it a playoff berth. I mentioned this yesterday. If each team, because you know, I mentioned the pods idea, I think it should be east versus west. So it's almost like a, a preliminary tournament that's set up, in the end, East versus West for the whole enchilada. I think if you win the East bracket or the West bracket, you're automatically guaranteed a top-six seed. And then, whomever wins between the East champ and the West champ should be guaranteed either a top-four seed, which would guarantee you home f- a home-court advantage, or hell, maybe it's a top-two seed. Because the truth is, it's going to add intrigue for fans of teams like Houston and Orlando and, you know, previous year Charlotte, because it's going to give you the illusion of a chance. And a team like in Orlando this year, if they made a deep run into this thing, it would really, it would, it would set in the NBA on fire watching that in, in real time. But what are the chances that one of the tanking teams, the NBA, are actually going to be able to to secure that kind of seeding? Now, the same teams are still probably going to win it, but it's going to give an illusion for NBA fans that your team has a chance to make the playoffs and secure it early in the season. And I think from the player standpoint, if you could tell LeBron 40 games into the season, if you could tell the Lakers, hey, you've solidified a top-four spot that's going to take away a lot of the grind of the next 20 games before the, 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 you know, the, the, end, the end of the season dirge begins. If you know you've made a playoff spot halfway into the season, and if you're guaranteed that one in each conference, one of which gets a top four seed, those teams are going to be able to not necessarily push less, but make more strategic decisions about player health Early in the season, that's something players I think would buy into. So I'll ask you guys: if you are for or against the NBA in-season tournament, how do you get players and fans both to like it? Because the truth is, immediately, guys, no matter what they do, it's going to feel gimmicky. That idea, I—the more I've thought about it, that idea of auto bids, uh, seven—you know, bids to a seven-round playoff series, top six seed in either conference for each conference winner in a NBA in-season tournament, that in and of itself is going to feel gimmicky until we start to see it play out. So the NBA, it's not just about can you make it happen once. It's about can you you have it make it happen more than once and can you make it stick. Itty-bitty-fitty, you and I are NBA honks here. How do you see a way? Do you or do you see a way to get players and fans both to like the idea and buy into the NBA in-season tournament?
0: I think if they're going to do it, you gotta kind of maybe overhaul the, the whole structure of your season where you gotta maybe start it sooner and end it later. Uh-huh. That way, like you can dedicate. Because like it's not like in soccer where like you're gonna play the tournament during your regular season. Right? Like you're gonna take a week or two weeks to determine your in-season champion, mm-hmm. which is going to, you know, extend your season to, to some degree.
1: I think what you're hinting at, one, I do think you probably lop off 12 games from the NBA regular season, and then how you break it up is really interesting. I think what would make the—if you lopped it to, to 70 games and then added the in-season tournament, I think the, I think the way to make the season fly is that the NBA in-season tournament— is 30 games into the season. And I say that early because that's enough time for everybody to kind of get used to playing basketball without being smack dab in the middle of the season. And then you push the NBA All-Star game as more of a beginning of the stretch run, final 20 games of the season. So that's 60, you know, 55, 60 games into the season. So now, 30 ga- 25, 30 games of the season, you've got the in-season tournament. Another 25 games later, you've got the All-Star game. And then 25 games later, 20 games later, it's the NBA playoffs. I do think that would help break up the monotony of the NBA season. Yeah, the timing's got to be really important as well. And I don't hate the idea, by the way, of if you're not going to do that, of just the NBA in-season tournament dovetails perfectly into All-Star Weekend, all it like because then it would also give players more time off with you know healing up and mid-season and all that crap.
0: That's kind of right now with the way that the, the 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 schedule is structured, where I would lean because you're not going. They should not try to compete with March Madness. So you can't put it. You don't want to put it in March because everyone's going to watch. March Madness, and the in and the in and the end season tournament cannot compete with what with what March Madness delivers.
1: I I, I think that's a supposition. I think I, you as a college basketball fan think that. I don't I don't know that that's how the NBA should feel about it. I agree though. I don't think it should be in March. I think there's a dead spot in the calendar where it's either it's tough if you do it earlier in the season unless you you know what unless you just start the season on Christmas Day. And then the dead spot about 30 games in would probably be about the week after the Super Bowl and just conquer that two-week stretch. And then maybe you push the NBA All-Star game till mid-April, right? Maybe the week before the NFL draft. So I'll ask you guys, are you a fan of the NBA in-season tournament idea? And if so, how do you make it – how do you buy in from both the players and the fans – Five questions next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. Coming up in 20 minutes, Mellow Miller. Our guy, your guy, everybody's guy. We'll be joining us. We'll talk about college football realignment. We've been talking about uh, the... NFL's biggest problem, the NBA's biggest problem. I guess we'll ask him about college football's biggest problem as well. But there are no problems right now on this show because it's time for the five questions. The five questions that I am burning on today. A lot of answers coming, and we'll get to as well. Number one or number five, depending on how we look at it. Uh, Itty bitty fitty joins us here. Who is one athlete or celebrity? You admire. Can I go Can I go, coach or is it going to be a, an actual athlete? It can be, no, it can be athlete, celebrity, coach, whatever. Oh, Roy Williams. Yeah, I like me some Roy. Roy's just a good man. I, I will say, I, I like and admire uh, Mac Brown as well, even though I called him out earlier on the show for his thoughts on, well, they should make money, but not too much money. I mean, it was a dumb comment. It was a pretty stupid comment, especially in an era where players can just be, oh, coach doesn't think I should make too much money. All right, I'm out. Um. Hmm. Who do I? Because I. I generally think. I think most people are. I think most of us are frauds. I think a lot of us are selling something that isn't uh, akin to reality most of the times. So, adults, whether they're athletes, celebrities, or you know, common folk, so we lie. We have problems. It's a bleak outlook on humanity. Well, no, no, no. I. Th- so, I just don't buy into the piarification. Of humanity, the social mediaization of people where we all present this nice happy version of life. Life's good, but there's also a lot of things that we kind of uh, normalize or or black out or just blatantly ignore. so and I think that happens more so with uh, athletes or celebrities more than anything. Um, I really admire the honesty of Mark Merritt. He is a uh, comedian and uh, he is a podcaster as well. I've I've listened to his podcast for about eleven or twelve years. You listen to my podcast? Uh, sure. Yeah, I've heard about I've heard of it. Yes, I've definitely heard of your podcast. But he's just really honest about who he is and his struggles and the things that he's overcome and his own neuroses. And I really just I admire the hell out of that. Soprano Bob sang Billy Graham. Uh, Wolfpack James sang he admires Albert Pujols. Uh, Dave sending in to Atnick Wilson says Christian Kalina saying he's great with fans and gave uh, my daughter a jersey. Uh, Kate saying Mark uh, Canna he's very vocal about equality and inclusion, and then Jeep Rider saying Tom Brady. So that is the first of our five questions. Numero dos. I don't know what made me think about. It. We always talk about unhealthy food, and the reality is I've in the last. 18 months i've never eaten more healthy in my life even today i was just i was just feasting on some cucumbers so itty bitty fitty what is your favorite vegetable
0: ironically enough my favorite vegetable isn't healthy or the way i eat it isn't healthy is it potatoes it's uh fried okra
1: oh yeah listen corn's great but corn with butter and salt on it's even better Uh, Which actually I can do on my diet. The corn is actually the part of that that is the most questionable. I I just love cucumbers. I really like. uh, I have one cucumber a day at least as part of my diet, and uh, it doesn't matter that I've had them for pretty much every day for 18 months. I love me some cukes. They're watery. They're savory. They're kind of the watermelon of vegetables. They're more water than they're anything else. They got seeds in them. They're delicious as hell. God, I love me some cucumbers. Mint Hillbilly saying apples. That's a fruit. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Um, apple, fruits and vegetables are different. I do appreciate that. Jeep Rider saying uh, sweet corn. Kate saying broccoli. Broccoli is totally underrated. Broccoli's Broccoli in asparagus. Oh, no. They, they, as a kid you just think there's no way i'm ever eating this crap and then it gets to a point where for health reasons it's just smart to start eating it no yeah broccoli with a little bit of butter you get the right like uh a seasoning on some broccoli and asparagus oh oil up that asparagus salt and pepper it and then throw it on the open flame god i'm getting hot just thinking about it what what are you giving me that look for I can't help it that you have the palate of a child.
0: (laughs) I mean, I do. Asparagus asparagus falls in that category of food that smells bad, so it automatically just tastes bad in your brain. I I tried it like 15 years ago, and I never went back.
1: I'm going to leave every comment that I can make right now because I'm trying not to pile on you. You've been an a-hole all day. To the text line, to me, uh, you're a little jealous of Hacksaw. You're going to miss Big Daddy, and I get it. I'm trying to be kind, but you are pushing my buttons, saying something sucks that you haven't had for 15 years. However, let's go to number three. Most annoying cliche, and this can be uh, sports or otherwise. This one applied to me when I was an athlete.
0: Um, Because there's a certain demographic. It's a white basketball player.
1: What do they call him? Uh, A gritty gym rat.
0: Yes. I hate that more than anything else in the world.
1: I am. This is, this to me is maybe the most Nick Wilson specific question ever. Because sports cliches drive me up a wall. Like if you can't, we've just gotten to this point where like there's a PR machine that just spits out. You know, oh, one game at a time, right? Rome wasn't built in a day. Oh my God! <laughs> when Dave Tepper said that, this this pre this this is way before Dave Tepper saying it that it annoyed me. But when people say Rome wasn't built in a day, just tell me what's going on. Tell me how long it's going to be until things get fixed. If if a if a cable repairman said, when you asked him, hey, when's my cable going to be back on? Well, Rome wasn't built in a day. You'd fire his ass. Neither was the Rock Hill site. <laughs> It, in fact it wasn't built. <laughs> uh the Jeep Rider saying we needed it after it rains. Yeah, that's another oh, one. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, and I do this all the time. I hate small talk. Like when you're walking around the neighborhood, how are you doing? Living the dream. Oh, every time I say live in the dream. <laughs> I'm such yeah, the guy. I wanna kick my own ass when I say, uh, oh, if I if I was any better, there would need to be two of me. I wanna beat my own brains in <laughs> when I say these cliches. Uh, number two, it is Mac and Cheese Day, National Mac and Cheese Day. This is why I'm bringing this up. Is mac and cheese the goat of side dishes?
0: I've thought about this as I saw it on the rundown three hours ago. Uh huh. Because I tried to make the argument for why it's not,
1: and there is no argument.
0: It goes with literally any type of meal. Uh, like like a dinner meal, you can mm-hmm. have mac and cheese with, and it, and it applies.
1: Yep, you can have a barbecue. You can have it with, with uh, you know, kind of pub food. You can um, have it with steak. Yeah,
0: and, like, it's versatility, the way that you can make mac and cheese in a variety of different ways. And then, like, you can do stuff to it. Like, you can put jalapenos in it mm-hmm. or some – I don't like corn, but you get some just a little bit of corn and mac and cheese with you, some jalapenos. You can put
1: some ground uh, beef in there, do a little dirty mac and cheese. Yeah, like, there's just so many
0: things to, like – yeah,
1: I would say it's the goat side dish. Stuffing is not very versatile, but it's amazing. Uh, potatoes in general, whether it's baked potato, baked potatoes in and of themselves, if you consider that a side dish, are very versatile because you can do scallop potatoes, you can do baked potatoes, you can cut them up into French fries. Um, and to me, it's probably between French fries and mac and cheese, though. And I'll go with mac and cheese, even though I can't really eat it. But if I really want to go all out, like once, of, once every two months, I'll make some smoked mac and cheese, and it'll knock your damn socks off. DJ saying uh, mashed potatoes are the goat side. We also have uh, Corey saying uh, at Nick Wilson says he slid into my DMs with him. Follow me on Instagram, uh, and, and reply to my my Twitter my, my Instagram story with your answers because Corey said no baked potatoes are i will say baked potatoes in the pantheon of side dishes wildly underrated i have never had a bad baked potato that i myself have made and even when you go to this like we go to a restaurant you order a steak it's hit or miss you order a baked potato you really gotta try to fluff up a baked potato I just really want to baked potato and mac and cheese. Right? <laughs> DJ Kahoot saying, yes, mac and cheese is the goat of side dishes. I always try mac and cheese at a restaurant if they had it. Back in the day, d- d- was Ponderosa a thing around here? I don't know what that is. So Ponderosa was like a buffet that they had. It was mm. like a Western-style uh, buffet that, that came east and was big in Ohio. And they used to have this great mac and cheese when I was shells and cheese when I was a kid. But then they also had, like, cheesy queso, cheesy cheddar. Oh. And so as, like, a little kid, I learned to take the cheesy queso and drizzle it over the mac and cheese. And now you understand why at one point in my life I weighed 411 pounds. <laughs> All right. Number one. And I guess this is something I didn't think this one through. Because number three is most annoying cliche. Today must be the uh, the annoying show. It tells you how, what kind of mood we were in pre-show. What is something that annoys you? Yep. Just something. You know... Your attitude is annoying the hell out of me. <laughs> All right? We need to get you to turn like, turn on the thrusters in the opposite direction. Set phasers to to, to get your head out of your ass. That's what you need to do.
0: Um, I'm trying to think because, like, there's... I could go on for the next hour about things that annoy me.
1: You know what I've realized? That I, I've learned to move past a lot of really significant things that used to annoy me. And now it's little things that annoy me. Like today... I I pulled up to the station, and uh, I I went to park, and there were construction workers tearing up the sidewalk over here. Yeah. And I wasn't annoyed that they were doing their jobs. I was annoyed that I didn't know it was happening, and that I would have to change where I park every day. I was annoyed that I didn't know that they were going to be there, which changed my plan of attack that I had preset for the last three months of driving into the station.
0: Yeah, um, traffic annoys me. The inability of the common people know how to drive at a four-way stop annoys me. Uh, did I mention you already? Your constant uh re- referring to Hacksaw annoys me.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Kate saying uh high prices of beer in stadiums. That's that's pretty damn annoying.
0: Especially at Charlotte FC matches, man. $24
1: for a tall boy. Uh ooh Dave saying families all on phones at restaurants so uh my girls don't have phones and they're not going to I I've really worked really hard to limit technology like look at all the really really smart people in America they limit and we're talking about like the billionaire tech giants all the tech gurus limit tech access for their kids until they get to a certain age cuz it stunts the kids brain development so I have, they're really limited technology. They're not Amish, but they, they don't have a lot of access to things other than like TV. Well, my Sophie, she has like kind of a smart watch. It's not a smart watch. It's a kid's smart watch, which isn't this kind of dumb. But the other day she was trying to like fiddle with it during bedtime and I'm like, listen, dad put his phone down for this. I'm gonna need you to put that zombie down and go to sleep so you, or, so you and I can connect during bedtime. And she was like, okay, dad, that's fair. So yeah, when, and it annoys me, like when I'm trying to have a discussion with my family, I'll look over, my wife is on her phone and like, you can't, you can't be like, get off your phone. But like in my head, I'm like, get off my phone, get off your phone. Uh, continue on five questions. Who is one athlete or celebrity you admire? What is your favorite vegetable? Most annoying cliche, is mac and cheese the goat of side dishes? And what's something that annoys you? Continue to answer those. At Nick Wilson says on Instagram and on the Twitter, Melo Miller joins us next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ.